Now I'd like to invite everyone to get out their Bible or turn on their Bible app so that we can go to today's reading. If you do not have your own, um, there are some on the back of the seats. Uh, you're willing to use those and you can take them if you like. Uh, today's reading comes from Paul's letter to the Hebrews, beginning in chapter 11. I'll give you a second to get your Bibles. So the scripture reading comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and 17, 17 through 19, and chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer up his only son, of whom he had been told, it is through Isaac that descendants shall be named for you. He considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive them back. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do we have a word? Shannon? We lost, we lost the word of the day. You may not say your word. <laughs> Thank you. So the youth give me a word, and I am charged with working it in. And if I don't, Shannon gets a dollar today. Yeah. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Four years ago, on All Saints Day, I called my administrative assistant, this was at a different church, at 2.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and told him that I was not going to make it to the services that day because I had gone into labor. <laughs> Olivia Kay was on her way. I remember thinking how beautiful it would be to welcome new life on the day that we celebrate the faith of the saints who have gone before us. It may not be everyone's favorite holy day. 
But All Saints Day carries so much meaning in our tradition. This annual day of remembrance gives us the opportunity to celebrate the saints who have died in the past year and to remind ourselves that a saint is anyone who follows Jesus in any time and place. That includes us here and now. Many of us easily identify with being sinners, right? Being in need of God's grace, and that is absolutely 100% true. But we are also, at the same time, the saints of the church in this time and place. And our general discomfort with this idea serves as the premise of our new two-week worship series called Sainted, Expanding Expectations. To be a saint of the church is not to be without fault, we can see that in the lives of those who are included in the great cloud of witnesses that are mentioned in Hebrews 12 and 11, 11 and 12. Abraham's faith is referenced in the text that we read today in the context of his care for his son. The story is known as the near sacrifice of Isaac, and it can be found in Genesis chapter 22, and it's one of the most puzzling and controversial accounts in the Bible but it's also a wonderful story to support our belief that life comes from death. That's such a, an upside-down thing to say, isn't it? That life comes from death, but that is the way that God works, and that is the way that faith works. Faith is defined in these chapters as the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith assures us that Hope is more than wishful thinking, and that God is at work in ways that cannot be seen on the surface. Faith serves as an agent of understanding as we grow in our trust of God. Faith goes beyond what we think into a confidence that God is who God says God is, and God will do what God says God will do. That does not mean that faith comes easily. It's difficult to walk in the tension of what is seen and what is unseen, what is visible and what is invisible. And I think Abraham would agree. We're going to look again at what the writer of the letter to the Hebrews says about Abraham. I'll read it to you. Sarah just read it a couple of minutes ago. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer up his only son, of whom he had been told, it is through Isaac that descendants shall be named for you. Abraham considered the fact that God is able to raise someone from the dead, and figuratively speaking, Abraham received Isaac back. The promises referred to in Hebrews 11 can be found in Genesis 17. So I want to invite you now to turn in your Bibles to Genesis, that's the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 17, and we'll read in verse 15. And I'll give you a minute to find that. And I'll give you a little background. This conversation between God and Abraham takes place after the initial promise is made that, that Abraham would be an ancestor to descendants as numerous as stars in the sky. Sarah and Abraham ended up deciding that God was taking too long to fulfill that promise. So Abraham has a son with Sarah's slave, Hagar, and they name him Ishmael. And then Sarah and Abraham pray that God would bless that decision and fulfill the promise through him. This is God's response 
to that move in Genesis 17. My Bible is a bit worn, which is a good thing. Genesis 17, beginning in verse 15. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to the nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and asked himself, can a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Can Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. And God said, No, but your wife Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall name him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will bless him and make him fruitful and exceedingly numerous. He shall be the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. And when Abraham had finished talking with God, God went up from Abraham. We learn later that Sarah does indeed give birth to Isaac. And some years later, probably when the boy was between 7 and 12 years old, Abraham believes that God is telling him to take Isaac up to a mountain to sacrifice him. It is a troublesome text. It's long been considered to be problematic. Even when we know that Isaac is spared, as he is, Reasonable questions linger. For one, why would God ask such a thing? And how could Abraham even consider it? Do we want to serve a God who would ask such a thing, even if it's a test? We will never be able to easily satisfy these questions, but we do know that in those days, child sacrifice to appease other gods was a common practice. And this story teaches the people of the one true God, the God of Abraham and Isaac, not to participate in that cultic activity. More than that, the story teaches us that forgiveness and reconciliation are the work of God. Yes, we have a part to play, but the arrangements have been made for us. So the story of Abraham and Isaac on the mountaintop is one of life from death. Obviously, the resurrection of Jesus is the one that we point to most often, right? It's the hallmark of our faith. But this story speaks of the resurrection that we can experience as we face the death of our souls. As we nurse broken hearts. We can be mended, and life can begin again in new ways. I'm going to invite Laura and Stuart forward now, because we, we see that truth, that life can begin again. We see that truth lived out in the story of Abraham and in all of the saints, our own great cloud of witnesses. At this time, Stuart and I are going to read the names of people who are dear to us, people who belong to Morningstar or people who are near to you, if you've submitted those names. Laura will toll the bell as we sit in silence, and Johnny will light a candle for each person. 
So let's all take a deep breath. As we remember, Robert Eugene Williams. Carolyn Martinez. Bill Kuhn. Mary Rohr. Tim Timmons. Ray Straub. Elsie Arlene Myers. Salvador Corona Correjo. Priscilla Locker. Betty Farmer. Juliana Walker. Ernestine Smithson. Jake Boykin. And a name, pardon me, a name given this morning, <coughs> Jean Perry, and one more for all the saints who have not been named this morning. For the gift of these saints, we give you thanks, O oh God. Amen. Thank you. What we remember of these saints may be varied based on our own personal experiences and our relationships with them, but there is potential to learn something from each and every one of them. They are indeed our own great cloud of witnesses, and their life journeys, they teach us something about perseverance in the faith. As we run the race, the author of Hebrews says, we are to look up. We are to look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This means that Jesus is the source of our faith, the pioneer, and the one who makes our faith complete, the perfecter. Yes, our faith is our responsibility, but it is also a gift, and we're given the help of Jesus to learn to grow in our various life stages. So the writer of Hebrews tells us that as responsible members of the community, we are to keep growing in our faith and encouraging the faith of others. 
the faith of children. That's why when Allie asked me about baptizing baby Ember, I suggested All Saints Day. You all can come forward now, and I believe Cole will be joining us soon. Yes, today is a day that we mark death, but it's also a day to recognize the way that the faith of our loved ones have shaped us. So just over a month ago, hi, Cole. It wasn't that long ago that we baptized Cole. <laughs> you want to come up with mommy and dad? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. It was just over a, a month ago that <clears throat> Allie, <clears throat> pardon me, Allie herself wrote a beautiful tribute to her grandmother who died in September. You said, out of all of the people I've met, you live the most authentic life, and it doesn't feel complete, our family, without you, but I hold to the hope that I will see you again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So Allie's grandmother is not visible today, but in reading her name and tolling the bell for her just moments ago, we feel her presence, and we know that Allie will see her again, not just in the hereafter, but in the life and faith of this baby girl, Ember Elise, whom we will baptize in just a moment, like right now. So baptism is the sign of God's work in our lives, the sign that God is claiming us as a member of the family of God and a sign that we recognize that truth. And of course, Ember is too young to answer that today and to claim that for herself today, but her, her parents, Eric and Allie, are claiming that faith for her until such time that she can claim it for herself when she is older. And so I'm going to ask you to, as her parents, do you accept as your duty and your privilege the responsibility to live before both Cole and Ember a life that becomes the gospel, to exercise all godly care, that Ember and Cole would be brought up in the Christian faith, they would be taught the Christian scripture, and they would learn to give reverent attendance upon the private and public worship of God. If you do, you say, we do. Will you endeavor to keep these children under the ministry and guidance of the church until they have the power for themselves to accept the gift of salvation and be confirmed as full and responsible members of Christ's holy church? If you do, you say we do. And to you, the congregation, in our sanctuary and at home, do you promise to support these wonderful parents in their raising of their children? If you do, you say we do. That's right, we do. Okay, we're going to move to the water now. So, Johnny, if you could come over here. This water is the sign of baptism for us because we recognize that water plays a part in our story. God made water as a part of the earth, 
In our Genesis story, God cleansed the earth with water in the flood. The Israelites escaped Egypt through the parting of the Red Sea. And Jesus was born through the water of a womb. Therefore, we use water as a sign in our own baptism. Gracious and loving God, we pray that this water would be the sign that Ember needs to remember that she is a child of God. Amen. Okay, let's see here. Let's do it this way. We have lots of moving parts today. This is Ember Elise, and we bonded this morning. I actually got to feed her a bottle. So we're good, right? We're good? Okay, I'm going to put some water on your head. It's going to feel a little bit shocking, but it's okay. invite you to extend a hand of blessing as we pray for this little one. Gracious and loving God, may Ember know throughout her life that she is not alone, that you are with her, that the great cloud of witnesses is with her, and that we are with her as well as she grows in her knowledge and faith and love of you. Amen. Amen. Welcome, Ember Elise, child of God. Did she do great? Thank you so much. I can sit down whenever you're ready. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Pardon me. Baptism is a sign of new life. It's the sign of the life that God gives us through Jesus, which means what we're celebrating today is Ember's resurrection her freedom from sin and death. And I wonder if that's how Abraham thought about that harrowing experience with Isaac, with expanding expectations. As they walked down the mountain together, safe and sound, to return to their family, it's what I thought about as I held my newborn baby for the first time in my arms on All Saints Day four years ago. Olivia Kay. She shares a middle name with her grandmother, Jason's mother, Janice Kay, whom Olivia will never meet on this side of the grave. But goodness, does she share her spunky spark of life. You laugh because you know. <clears throat> Resurrection is the central message of All Saints Day and of our faith. And it might be easier to call ourselves sinners. But the truth is, we have been sainted, not by our own perfection, but by the perfecter of our faith, the only one who can bring life from death. Amen? Amen. 
Shannon, you get a dollar. I had too much going on today. The word was amethyst. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we bless your holy name. For all of your servants who have finished their course now rest from their labors. Give us grace to follow the example of their childlike faith to your honor and your glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.